Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. This is Mike Siegel, your host and MC for the evening. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so used to saying that after years in the comedy clubs. I want to thank everybody who's uh, been who've been to the website and checked out the site and gone to iTunes and subscribed. Appreciate that. One way you can help out the show that costs you nothing, you can uh, give us a nice rating, maybe say a few nice things, and uh, that would help us. The more ratings we get, uh, the more people that uh, can find the show easier on iTunes and uh, grows the audience a little bit. So that's something you can do. If you want to write me a message, you can write at mike at traveltalespodcast.com. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at traveltalespod on the Twitter. Also, I've had all my friends on this show and I'm going to be meeting a few more, including this week's uh, episode with Richard Nason, a friend of mine. But if any of you know people in the travel business, whether they be maybe a flight attendant, a travel agent, maybe a cruise director on a, on a ship, anybody with some good stories uh, about the travel industry or any, any good tales, maybe I don't know them, shoot me an email at mike at traveltalespodcast.com, and hopefully uh, we can get some new people on there, especially if they're in the uh, L.A. area. It would be great to uh, have some new guests, maybe uh, meet some people I don't know yet, which is one of the reasons I love traveling. I meet people whom I've never met. And so if I can do that on the show here, uh, it'd be great. So if you or uh, any of your friends have some great travel stories from around the world, uh, shoot me an email and let me know. Maybe we can get them on the show or get you on the show. You never know. Uh, that's it. Enjoy this week's episode with Richard, and I will see you later. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm a traveling man. Made a lot of stops. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I am talking to one Richard Nason. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, for people who don't know, Richard is an actor who I met in, uh, we had acting class together probably, was it 11, 12 years ago? Yeah, yeah. And for a couple of years, too. Man. Yeah. And our times have changed. It's amazing how time flies. And But it's great that you know we had a nice little group that we kept together and there's four of us we get together like once or twice a year yes and we just uh, have a great time yeah and then we, we promise together. to do it more often and we never do <laughs> we never do yeah it's one of those things we gotta do this more often but and then you know okay same time next year I gotta for a Neil it, Simon play I gotta hand it to us for you know sticking with at least still doing it I mean because oh, yeah, we've absolutely. been doing it now for like like four years right you know so I've seen you like four times and we've seen people's lives change you know one of our friends she she has two kids now yes and you have one on the way. I do. I went to your I wedding, do. was it two years ago? Our wedding was uh, October of 2010. So what is that, a year and a half? No, a year and four months. We're going, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like a year and four months. And you were already expecting. And we're already expecting. She's wow. six months pregnant. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. So one of the reasons you're here, was this your honeymoon that you went to Africa? No, our honeymoon, we actually went to the Cook Islands right after our wedding. We did one of those, get married, and then a week later, we, we took our trip. Right. And that trip was amazing. But then we wanted to have one other grand trip before we knew that we were going to begin to plan for children. Right. And um, So this is your get busy trip. This is, really, our, this is our, yeah. That's baby making trip. <laughs> I like it. 
That's exactly right. <laughs> so we wanted to think big because we figured, you know, and we do want to travel with our, you know, child or children because mm-hmm. we both have had upbringings where we, you know, have lived a lot of places and other countries and things like that. So that's going to be important to us for our kids. But, um, but your wife is, she is Korean and Chinese. No, she, she's, she's Chinese, but she grew up in Korea. Okay. And she lived in Korea until she was 15 and then moved to the States. We're going to talk about that yes. also. Cause yeah. you spent some time in Korea. That's true. Right. How long yes. did you live in Korea? Um, I I was only in Korea actually for like four months, and it was right after college. Okay. Why don't we start there? Okay. So you grew up in L.A. I did. You're an L.A. native, an actual native. You don't meet too many of them. That's true. That's true. So you went to USC. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Tried to be an actor. (laughs) Still at (laughs) it. Such a typical story. Still at it. Yeah. The effort is still there. Yeah. And uh, it's it's never been a hobby. It's always been the love. But um, so you get out of college and you say, you know what? I'm going to take four months. I'm going to go to why Korea? Well, it's an interesting story. I was at my last uh, semester at USC, and I was living with my best friend who had graduated before I did. And another friend of ours from SC was over in Korea, and he wrote my best friend and said. You know, you should come over here. The opportunities are plenty. They love Americans. <laughs> um, they want American teachers. And um, so my friend said, you know, great, I'm in. Let's go. He was, you know, working a, a job out here and decided there's no better time to do it. And I was excited for him. And I, you know, being it was my last semester at USC, was thinking, I'm going to focus on the career, you know, after right. I graduate. I'll get my own place and, you know, it never really crossed my mind. And then about a month before, you know, he had a book like, you know, a cultural book about Korea and, you know, we're sitting in the living room and he was all excited about the trip and we were talking about it. And he just says to me, dude, why don't you go? (laughs) And I, it was so odd because I just, I paused for a good five seconds and could not think of a reason why it hadn't crossed my mind before. And I just said, yeah. Yeah. Or you couldn't think of a reason not to go. That, that's what I mean. And, yeah. and, and, I, uh, and, and a month later, we were in Korea. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I, can't, I just I, – I remember thinking to, to – you know, we, were, we were talking to each other on the flight just going like, you know, we're – I'm – I think uh, – let's see. This was the beginning of 97, so I was like 22 at the time. And uh, – Bob, did you just say your real age on, on you know – that's so very on Hollywood. On you. the on the interweb. Now. On the, the worldwide interweb. I know. Now you can figure out a little math and <laughs> oh, go boy. to see him lying on his IMDb page. Well, now we <laughs> now well, <laughs> when you start talking about knowing friends for like eleven, twelve right, right. years in LA, I think that dates us too. What do you mean? I got here. Uh, I was fourteen at the time. You were fourteen, and I was sure. I was much, much, much. No, you're older than I am. Let's just be clear. Right. Well, I just took a. I, that's right. Oh, that's to be very clear. I just took a three month trip, as you know, yes. and we finished in Seoul. Uh, a friend of mine met me for the last couple of weeks, and he had a cousin uh, doing the same exact thing that you did. Okay. He's teaching in Seoul. He just he finished college in Tennessee somewhere. It was and, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so we hung out with him for a couple nights. He's already got a, a Korean fiance. Hey now. Hey, come on now. <laughs> but uh I really liked Seoul a lot. I was that was one of the cities people asking me uh 
what were some of your favorite places. I was really impressed with it. Yeah, Although it was really freezing when I was there because I was there at the end of December. See, I got there at the end of January, and yeah, yeah it, it was it cold. It was definitely very, very cold. But I thought the city was, I mean, it's really clean. It's safe. It's very like Tokyo, in, like Tokyo in a way. Mm-hmm. The, the awesome train system will take you everywhere. Fantastic. And the yeah. only crappy thing is it closed at 1130. The, oh, the train, train stopped running at 1130. But people, huh. yet, they party all night. You know, they go out late. Oh, I mean, and, there's, go, and there's like undergrounds and you know very hidden places oh yeah yeah there's all underground malls no people (laughs) yeah you know we we began to to get the scoop and but we had an experience you know just right off the plane because we were so young you know and and i had had some travels with my family and we lived in spain when i was a kid and stuff but you know when you're you know 22 and you're on your own and all of a sudden you have 500 bucks in your pocket and you're with your best friend yeah everything's awesome you know but every (laughs) because everything is so new and and we just began – like there wasn't a di- – like for the first two weeks, we, we were literally like elbowing each other in the ribs just going, I can't believe this is our life because every day seemed to reveal something you know, more special. What was the most interesting thing about Korea to you when you first got there? Like something you didn't expect? Everybody was Korean. <laughs> a lot of Asians here. Don't care for it. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that I didn't care for it, but it was, you know, it was just like, whoa. Um, <laughs> well, and you're also blonde. <laughs> yeah. You st- we already stick out to begin with. Yeah. So, and, um, there yeah, was you- a bit of, you know, there was all eyes on, on us. <laughs> and, um, but people, people were, were very friendly. I will say this culturally, it's very interesting because when you walk on the street in Korea, it's like, you don't exist. There's the whole bumping into you thing. And, you know, if you're walking down the street in New York or something, I say New York because we don't really walk in LA. <laughs> right. But if somebody bumps into you in New York, you know, there's some like, hey, sorry about that. Or like, hey, what's going on? What do you, you know, or something. Or, there's or hey, asshole. Yeah, exactly. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> there's some Get out of my way. And uh, in Korea, it's like, you don't even exist. Yeah. They bump you and I turn around and was like, hey, what's, you know, what's up? And they're already yeah. 30 feet down down the road. They don't even... And it was the quietest subway I've ever been in. Oh, like we were right? on the subway platform, but nobody's ta- you know like nobody's talking. <clears throat> nobody's talking in the in the cars. And it's, nobody's oh, the, that's that's what I mean. Like, they're just in their own out little in public, bubble. That's it. You don't exist <laughs> when you're on your A to B path in in Korea. So that was interesting. But when we met people, they could not have been more you know friendly to us. In fact, th- I think the best thing about Korea for me, I'll just get right to it, was the fact that like five days after we were there, we. Uh, met this uh, woman, Christine, who was friends of my friend who had been there previous to us. By the time we got there, he was already gone. But he had given us, you know, a couple of people that would, you know, kind of introduce us around and stuff like that. And this one girl, Christine, she was kind of like the host of, you know, Korea's version of Entertainment Tonight. Okay. And um, so she would, you know, interview all the celebs and stuff. And she was a super sweet girl. And we had dinner with her and... Her manager was like this big Korea, uh, uh, comedian in Korea. Oh, really? And one of his very good friends is guy Mr. Lee, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. There's a Mr. Lee in Korea? <laughs> one of millions. Next thing you're going to tell me, there's a Kim. <laughs> Go on. But this, this, this Mr. Lee in particular, he took a real interest in us right away. And he, he had kids, too, that were about our age. I think his son, neither of whom I've met. But his son uh, was going to school in San Diego, and his daughter was in London. And uh, he took Garrick and I in immediately 
like we were his own kids. Wow. It was unbelievable. He asked us, you know, what we were doing the next day. And uh, he, you know, he, he just, he was, he was fascinated by us as much as we were of him and of learning more about Korea. Mm-hmm. And I think he recognized that and he wanted to show us what was up. You know, he wanted to show <laughs> us his, his version, you know, which was just amazing. And this was one of those things where we were elbowing each other going, this guy's great, you know, because the next day he takes us all around Seoul and he has this other little house just outside of Seoul that he kept his Doberman. Well, a house just for his dog? A house just for his dog that he would go to every morning and like go run up this hill and kick the tree and exercise, you know. And Why didn't and, he live with his dog? Uh, because it was a Doberman. And I, I think when you have, you know, because they had a, also a little dog in, in their apartment. Oh, it know, would have eaten the little dog? Or yeah, something? it's not like he has a big house. You know, oh, right, right, right. There's so many people in Seoul, they have apartments. It's yeah. Like, you know, in Tokyo in that way. And, or New York. Right. So he has his, um, like, weekend house where he keeps his dog. Yeah, but it's not really a weekend house. He goes there literally every morning, and mm-hmm. it's just outside of the city. And he would go there. He gets up super early and goes and exercises and stuff. So he took us out there, and, you know, you know we're drinking whiskey with him. And then he takes <laughs> us out to this really cool dinner and and uh, starts showing us around. And next thing you know, he, he has a house or a condo that he just bought on the uh, top floor of this building right next to the Han River beautiful pad there's like no furniture in it at this point because he's still in his other place and he's like look i'm not moving in here for a month why don't you why don't you stay here oh, awesome <laughs> we were just like wow okay okay <laughs> fantastic so you know we were in our sleeping bags but the floors were heated oh wow nice and uh so we had that pad to stay in and he just continued to like take us out with his friends and introduce us around. Oh, that's perfect. When a local the, takes you places, that's the best. Teaches us the customs, and what was amazing was he he took this like sense of pride, you know, in in showing us around and in recognizing that we were into it and into learning the customs and being cool with his friends because there's a real hierarchy, as you may have yeah, experienced yeah, yeah. in Korea. You don't really hang out with younger people. I noticed when we went out to eat. You know, the, I went out with uh, my friend's cousin and his girlfriend right. and my friend. And, you know, there's that whole thing about uh, serving the older person. That's right. You like the young hands. Yeah, the youngest person there will serve, like, pour the drinks. Right, and you never fill your own. You never fill your own right. cup. And, uh, yeah, I just, I kind of dug it. And it turns out, who's the senior person at the table? Yeah, right. This guy. Yeah, that has to pay. <laughs> right? Yeah, and then, and then all of a sudden they all get up and leave when the check comes. I'm like, hey, hey what? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Wasn't worth that service. Even though you were I would have filled my own cup. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, great meeting you guys. <laughs> I know. The guest pays? <laughs> what? All right. Yeah. But uh, how long did you have to teach? I mean, this is only four months, and how old were the people you were teaching? Well, it was, you know, it's one of these roll the dice thing. We didn't have a job going over there. And you um, want, I thought you were set up to teach English. No, we weren't set up. We were just... No, we weren't set up for anything other than... So you just than, showed up? And, seriously, we just showed up. Who wants up. to learn English? We'll be here in the corner. <laughs> That's pretty much how it went. I'm not kidding. The next day, <laughs> after we arrived, we got business cards. In fact, my buddy just he just uh, emailed me over a couple of pictures of our business cards that we had from back then. And uh, it was English on one side and Korean on the other. And we had gone out and gotten uh, pagers with voicemail. You know? <laughs> Sweet. Right before pre cell phone, pre cell phone, unbelievable. Kids are like, "What?" Yeah, believe me, they've caught up on the technology. They are way into it over there. (laughs) I know. I know. So, um, 
and then we started faxing around these resumes that um, mm-hmm. of these uh, said experiences that we had uh, teaching in the states of which didn't exist did not exist at all and so um, you mail out these bs resumes yeah we we sent we faxed around these bs resumes there was this internet cafe right by where we were staying that was kind of a little hub called the internet cafe it was and that a little, was a novelty internet i know it was huge had the dial up <laughs> yeah it was all that all that but it was a real hub for um you know westerners that right. were over there seeking teaching uh, positions and so we had faxed around to these places and we really emphasized that we were american because for some reason they they wanted americans to teach them i think because they wanted an american accent oh right um, they've seen the movies and yeah they yeah. they they like that for some reason <laughs> over you know a british or australian accent right um so you know we we capitalized on that and we definitely put american english instructor and you know we would go out on these interviews and we really kind of teamworked it he uh, he would get a call or I would get a call and I'd say, you know, I have a friend that's equally qualified. I don't know if you need another teacher. And they said, all right, bring them up. You know, both of you come down. And, and so we, we would. And five days later, after we got there, we had a job teaching English and we were making 23 bucks an hour. Wow. And when we were 22. And sleeping on the floor of this sweet pet. Yeah, yeah. And when we were 22, we were stoked, you know. It's a lot of money. So we had sustenance now and we had, you know, pretty regular gigs. and How expensive was Seoul then? Because I mean, I'm, now it wasn't. It's not. It's not like Tokyo expensive, but it's the, not cheap. The won was. I don't know. It was. A, it was like eleven or twelve hundred for the dollar, and now it's like I don't know, seven, seven or eight. Yeah. So it was. It was definitely better then. Yeah, the dollar was. It was more the dollar for being us. stronger. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Uh, it's not so fun now. Um, but. Uh, so you're teaching. How so, old were these so, people? So I was teaching kids. Kids. This okay. was like um, what they call. Uh, Hogwan, where the Hogwarts. <laughs> no. Oh my God! You're teaching wizardry. <laughs> I left. They saw your glasses and went, "Whoa!" I left a big Harry impression Potter. on those yeah. kids. Um, it's called a Hogwan, and um, that's uh, it's kind of it was kind of like a, an after school kind okay. of English school. So the kid, you know, and the, these kids they just come in so tired because they're going to. Music lessons and yeah, you know these kids are in school for twenty seven hours mm-hmm. a day. It's unbelievable, and they're just exhausted. So they'd come in after school to me, and you know it was, it was pretty easy. And I'm 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 pretty good with people, and I would just get, you know, I would go through the lesson plans and teach them the stuff, and it was awesome because they had you know a, a little bit of English, and these kids are probably around. I would I would teach between like eight and. 12-year-olds. Right. And it was great. It was great. I would do like little magic tricks for them and stuff like that, <laughs> like just hide things in my hand, like that kind of thing. And they were just dumbfounded. And and, and uh, they loved like having this like young blonde guy as their <laughs> yeah. teacher, you know? And so I just had the best time with them. And I really developed fun relationships. And another thing is, is they wanted to have Western names. The, the, the faculty wanted me to give the kids who didn't already have them yeah. Western names. And so I'm not kidding. I I had an entire class of Simpsons characters. I had <laughs> you had a Homer. You had yeah, a, <laughs> I, I had a Homer. I had Mo. a Nelson. I had a Lisa. <laughs> ha ha. And, you, and you, know, you know, one of my claims claims to fame is that I'm, I'm certain that there's some chubby Korean kid named Farley running around Korea right now because that's what I named him. <laughs> and, that's uh, great. Yeah. Another class was like all my family members' names. 
So it made it easy for me to remember these kids, but it was awesome. And they, you know, they would kind of look around like, you know, is, you know, Bart a good name? Yeah. You know, because they would try to seek validation from their other friends. And I'd be well, like, the Are you is in every country now. Bart's they, amazing. Well, I don't think they weren't then there. It was. Yeah, it wasn't around then. I don't think then, then yeah. it was. So they didn't, they didn't That's know. That's funny. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> so, I, You're Smithers. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had, I definitely had a good time with it. And, so um, I will say now that you I don't know, you don't have to talk about it that much, but I'll bring it up that you're sober now for how long? Uh, nine years, almost. It'll be uh, nine years at the end of this month. So, but you were in Korea. You were you were boozing it up. I was not sober. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a hard place to be sober, really. Because uh, drinking is a big kind of a ritual kind of part of it, going it's out. It's very big. It's very big. In fact, you know, businessmen over there, you, you know, it's not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they make uncommon, it. Uncommon, you know, it's seven or eight o'clock at night to just see these drunk guys in suits stumbling. Yeah, down I saw the road, a bunch of those. You know, hand against the light post, just kind of <laughs> holding on. Uh, that whole deal. <laughs> You and know. they have those places where you can crash for the night. It's like a, uh, it's like a club. It's almost like a YMCA. Okay, kind of deal. You know these places I didn't that know I'm about talking those. about? No, but I, just I, like I, a, I don't. I don't doubt that those exist because when the train stops after a certain while, there's a place you can shower there. And you basically sleep on the floor, and this is a very common thing to do. And then they'll just shower in the morning and go back to work. They'll it, put the suit back on and go back is, to work. It's really the culture. It's ingrained in the culture. In fact, it you know when you go to lunch with businessmen. You're drinking. Oh yeah. You're, it's not. It's not. It's uh, like it, Mad Men. It's not. Days. Hey, I'll have it big time. It, that, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what's going on. You don't have a beer and head back to the office. You have. You've you've got to get your sauce on before you can start negotiating. <laughs> right. You know, and that's how it works. <laughs> you've got to you know because that's that's what you know. Loosens the yeah. old collar for them. And, did you and, pick up uh, Korean? Did you? Are you a little bit. You, a little bit. You know, I. I I picked up some key phrases and things like that. And, but my buddy, who I went over there with, my good friend, who, who was my best man in my wedding, and we've gone on lots of great, great trips together, he, he stayed for five years. Wow. And he got you know legitimate jobs teaching over there, and, uh, and he learned the language and still knows it. And I actually went over there. I went back five years later. Um, I kind of bookended the trip after after I was there for – uh, a few months, I went over to Thailand with him, and then he flew back because he still had his job. And I was like, "Hey, I gotta, I gotta go." You uh-huh. know? And uh, and then from there, I went to Vietnam, and then I went back to Korea, and then I came home. And five years later, I went back to Korea, and we we got this job teaching at this winter camp in this small city called Pohong. So I kind of <laughs> bookended the trip. So I get back over there, and you know, of course, we've kept in contact, you know, regularly while he's there. But uh, he's fluent in Korean now, and you know he's he's got it all dialed in. <laughs> right, it was right, unbelievable. He was just, you know, he had had Korean girlfriends, and that was another thing. Like meeting, like women over there is super, super hard. There's they're just very very conservative, and mm-hmm. unless there's like a proper introduction, there's no like meeting a woman on the subway and going for a coffee kind of thing. That just yeah, <laughs> didn't but, happen. My friend who was a uh, uh, Korean. Korean American, but he, he was telling me about the whole ritual in the clubs of there's a host, and if you want a lady to come to your table, you you know you invite her over, right? And you're expected to share drinks, but she doesn't have to stay. I mean, she she has a drink and talks with you, yeah. Um, and it can just end there, or it can. It's like a weird. 
Yeah, the, the, it's a whole ritual. It is. It is. It's not and, just like, hey, just go up and talk to a girl at a bar. No, you like you, they come over. And we didn't really, we didn't, we didn't really hang out at those places mm-hmm. necessarily. We hung out with like, you know, other expats and stuff, and we would go right. to like undergrounds where you know the more progressive, you know, Korean kids were hanging yeah, out yeah, with yeah. us and stuff like that. I guess, but uh, but I, I know of of that kind of ritual where you know women would be invited over and kind of hang <laughs> yeah. out and drink with you and you make a connection or not and then they move on or and the food was so good oh the food's oh, fantastic man. over there we it's were cheap. just and we were coming from the Philippines which of all the places on my trip probably had the worst food <laughs> and um, I haven't been there and so we were there for like a week in the Philippines and then we get off the plane we go to Korea we're in Seoul and it's like one in the morning, and right by our hotel, there's a mall that's still open one in the morning. They have malls that they're open till like five in the morning. People will shop all night, I guess. And uh, there's a food court in the mall. It's dead. You know, we walk up there, and there's still something open. We just order something. A one in the morning in the food court in a mall. How good is it going to be? Right. Awesome. Just blew away <laughs> yeah. in one meal, blew nice. away everything I had in the Philippines. Nice. Except for the one roasted pig we had on Christmas Day. Ah, uh, there you go. But uh, yeah, I just loved the food. I, I, could just, I was eating everything. Yeah, we still eat it. And well, my wife now being, you know, having grown up there, we definitely still eat a lot of Korean food at home. Too. Right. So does she, she speaks Korean. I'm sure. She speaks she Korean. Speak- or Chinese is her, or Mandarin, Mandarin is her first language. Um, that's what they spoke at home. But obviously okay. she spoke Korean as well, having grown up there. And so English is her third language, and you'd never know it. I mean, she has right. no accent. She speaks it perfectly. And I love the yeah. way how you met. This is a very modern way to meet. Yeah, yeah. We, she was my internet, babe. Internet? Yeah. Yeah, you met like eHarmony or something, yeah, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It was unbelievable. And it happened so fast. Well, I, you know, I dated a few girls uh, uh, from, from uh, eHarmony. This is ridiculous. It's so funny we're talking about this. <laughs> but I was so reluctant to go on it, you know, right. as everybody is before they do. But, uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Trey from college, met his wife on eHarmony. And, you know, in LA, you know, you get to a point, you know, where it's like, ah, I'd like to meet, you know, I'm ready to meet someone that's, uh, it's got some substance yeah. that, you know. And it's not insane? Yeah, that's Something not like insane. That? And, or, or that, you know, <laughs> you know right. because I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not drinking anymore, so I'm not necessarily going out to bars and mm-hmm. and, and meeting women there or whatever. And, and so... And she's not an actress, which is the she, uh, ultimate to, bonus. To my relief, yeah. <laughs> um, not that that would be a big no. problem. But, and she's uh, in computer design. Yeah, she's a web designer. And okay. it, was, it was amazing. I dated a few girls for, you know, a couple months at a time on eHarmony, and I think I was her third date... And um, we just, you know, as it goes, we're, we, you know, we're seriously the commercial. We're, we sat down <laughs> at our first date and we were just off to the races. We just connected on, on so many levels. and That's great. It's just been a progression of fantasticness ever since that moment for me. I'm well, it was so, a free plug so for eHarmony there for us. <laughs> I know. I should be paid. And you impressed her with your five words of Korean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your tales of sleeping on the floor of a, she, of I a think sweet she, pad? Yeah, she had liked that I had lived over there. And, you know, <laughs> we both appreciated about each other that, you know, we, we kind of had some, some cultural experiences and that we've been around and that we have different tastes. And You had a great wedding. That was a Thanks. lot of fun. Yeah. And you had the Chinese dragon dancers there. That's and, right. It was, it was the, the lion dance. Yeah. The lion dance. That's yeah. what it was. That was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. And the drums was, and everything. It was, was a blast. A, that was the best day of my life so far. <laughs> yeah. 
In May, though, I imagine we're cooking up another pretty pretty good day with the, Yes, uh, you're expecting? Yeah. So let's get to Africa. Okay. And uh, so now you're going to take a big trip. The Cook so, Islands. Well, we didn't, we didn't you really, lost yeah. over the Cook Islands, which we, yeah, I've only made a, tra- a plane stop there. And I can tell you, that is a place you want to spend some time. Yeah. It, it, the Cook Islands, I'll just say, we'll say quickly, it, it's sort of New Zealand's version of Hawaii. So, yeah. you know, you don't get a lot of Americans going over there. Um, and a lot of surfers. There's a few. There's, there's, some, there's some decent surf. But yeah. Yeah. Um, they have some reefs that, yeah, have some pretty pretty decent breaks. Yeah, it looks beautiful. It's, it looks beautiful. It's fantastic. And so we spent we spent 13 days on our honeymoon there on on split it on a couple of different islands, Rorotonga, the biggest one, and then Atutaki. Mm-hmm. And um, so a few months later, you know, we we're like talking about you know the kid thing, and you know let's let's take let's take a big trip. You know, let's let's go big because uh, you know once we have the kid, we're probably going to be in kid right. land for, orlando yeah <laughs> we're going to be in orlando <laughs> we're be in orlando a year from today mm-hmm. uh, the happiest place on earth you know <laughs> yeah we're going to be uh, vacationing in anaheim mm-hmm. um for probably the next three four years <laughs> um so africa came onto our radar because my cousin, who's actually an anthropologist, he's the one that turned me onto the Cook Islands. Okay. He he went on a canoeing trip in Zimbabwe. Pretty wow. awesome. Yeah, he's he, he you should have him on the show. Yeah, fact, bring him on. He's fantastic. Um Doug, my cousin. Anyway, he turned me on to this woman who who's from Africa that sets up trips for people to go there. Right. And I had been there once before when I was a kid Actually, I'd been to Morocco when I was like six when we lived in Spain. But when I was 12, I went with my dad to South Africa on a business convention and we did a five-day safari. And that was – you know, it was amazing. But to go with my wife and to be older and, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of appreciate it a bit more, we went to Tanzania. First. Which is high on my list yeah, of places to go. I recommend it. It was just fantastic. I mean it's everything that you want in a photo safari, you know. We went to three different parks. We went to the Terengiri National Park, which the terrain there is just just fantastic, just so diverse and so beautiful. And you have like just – you've got your elephants. We saw uh, you know tons of lions. Was um, this one of those safaris where you're, you're living in the tents or you're driving around in the big well, trucks? Yeah, we were, we were driving around in, in like a rover and we had yeah. the same driver – um, for the nine days that we were in Tanzania. So we stayed at three different places and, you know, they were quote tents, but these places were pretty nice. We, we kind of, we splurged. Okay. You did it big. And, All and, right. and we kind of went big and the, these, these, you know, quote tents were, you know, they had running water and okay. bathrooms, <laughs> nice showers. I mean, more of they, a cabin, they were kind of ca- canvas sort of tents. Okay. Um, so do you have the mosquito netting? Oh Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, and they have these uh, tsetse flies there. Yeah, that just they'll they'll bite you. They don't you know they don't they they hurt. <laughs> <laughs> How many shots did you get before you went? Um, yeah, I th- I got you got to my... get them all. You got to get pretty much everything going to Africa. You got to you got to get your yellow fever. Yeah, that's, that's one the of big one. And I you know we were taking malarone, which is a uh, oh the malaria the malaria pill. pill. Man, I had crazy nightmares with those. Yeah, you mentioned that. I I don't remember. So much about the nightmares. All dreams are weird. All dreams are weird. But these, I woke up feeling like it was happening. You know, that's so that freaks you out even more. It was like, oh, whoa, that was vivid. You know, really 
vivid. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have yeah, that experience. People, some but, people uh, have really bad experiences with those. Huh. Well, there's other kinds that do crazy stuff. Yeah. I remember when I took a malaria pill when I was a kid, when we went to South Africa, I was, you know, I was spinning. I was just cool yeah. on that one, but Malarone seemed pretty mellow. <laughs> anyway, so the, the park, you know, so we were at Terengiri, which was fantastic. And then we went to uh, the Ngorongoro Crater, which is this, you know, volcano that had imploded in on itself and created this, you know, 11 mile in diameter perfect crater. And it's this huge conservation area now in Tanzania and just loads of wildlife down yeah. there. You know, we saw a cheetah down there running after a, uh, uh, a gazelle. And we saw wow, that's this, really rare to see a cheetah go to work. Yeah, we saw him go to work. We saw, we saw this guy on the prowl. <laughs> and um, It's almost like that's the size. Of, it's like if the San Fernando Valley were yeah. like, you know, with nothing in it. But with nothing you know, with, but, but amazing, animals. amazing wildlife <laughs> in their natural habitat, yeah. just doing their thing. That I mean, would there, be awesome. there was, you know, the the, the uh, water buffaloes down there. There was hippos, zebras. I saw hyenas down there. I mean, it's just so rich with all the awesome wildlife that you would associate with Africa. And um, you know, I should say that you know, when we travel around in our rover, the our guide he doesn't carry a gun. And these guides, these guides are, are world class. They, they, I think they they go to college to be guides there. It's not like they just stick you in a, right. a rover with some guy and he's taking you around. They're so knowledgeable. And our guide, it's probably a sweet gig there. Our guide Nixon was just he's not a crook. I know no, that he's not a crook. <laughs> this guy, he was so awesome. And, and I asked Big him, I said, I said, "Were you named after you know the the American president Richard Nixon?" He says, "No, no." <laughs> um, but he. He was a fantastic guide and just a, a great person too. He would, he didn't oversell Africa to us. He was a really humble guy and just really knowledgeable. And he showed us an unbelievable journey in in Tanzania. And so after the Ngorongoro Crater, we went to the Serengeti and we spent oh, three wow. days there. And that that was you know remarkable. And I had worked it out so that we had the full moon. Over the Serengeti. Look at you. Yeah, when when we were there, so that was it was amazing. We didn't do any night night uh, tracking or anything like that, but it was pretty special. And we, you know, the pl- place we stayed at was beautiful with a beautiful view, kind of overlooking. Uh, a, a this lot sounds of the amazing. Plains. And we saw the migration. We were there for the migration, so we saw just the buffalo. We or probably the wa- saw uh, a half a million. He he estimated wildebeest. Oh wow! And um, I mean. Just to see them lined up and, and, and going over these plains and just on the move but grazing. and What, and, uh, what time of year is this? We were there last June. Not so it was last, June. Yeah, last June so of 2011, yeah. Temperature-wise, what is it like in Tanzania around that time? It's warm, but it's not, it's not blazing. It's, you know, it's hot. It's upper 80s, but it, okay. wasn't, uh, it wasn't overwhelming. Right, right. Yeah. And like travel hassles, any problems? That's a hell of a flight. You got to go. Did you go to like New York and then? We've, well, actually, we lucked out. We flew to London and London straight to Dar es Salaam. So we had two pretty much, you know, just two hour flights. flights. Yeah, Not we bad. lucked out. We lucked out. But on the way back, we had four flights. Ooh, so that one that one hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a layover in uh, at JFK. Right. Uh, overnight layover. So we stayed uh. at the uh, some airport hotel but oh great you can stay in queens for a night talk about a come down after <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know the safari but uh it's it, uh 
I guess the hardest part really for me was that, you know, they're 11 hours ahead. So, yeah. you know, when you get up in the morning at nine in the morning, it's like eight o'clock at night for us, or I guess 10 at night. And, um, you know, so around noon, you're just exhausted. Right. <laughs> you're, you're feeling tired, you know? So it took me a good three, four days to kind of, uh, yeah, it always does. Yeah, it, and coming back, it hurt. takes longer. That hurt to yeah. get back on schedule. Yeah. Did uh, and you have any scary incidences with uh, animals or anything like that? Any run-ins no. with a no, tiger fact, bearing down at you? No tiger. We, I say we, tiger. There's no tigers. There's right. no tigers. But we were so <laughs> close to lions. But you know, as long as my guide seemed like he was cool, <laughs> I was cool. You know, if he got nervous, which he never did, I, I would have. But. You know, we, we, he found, I don't know how these guys spot him. We're driving down this road and he like slows down and looks over to his left out the window. And, you know, I'm like, what does he see? I, I don't see anything. And literally probably 50, 50, 60 feet away, it turns out there's these three male lions. He dra- he's like, he backs up a little more and he's like, yeah, yeah. He's apparently he saw like the back two inches of this, of one of their tails <laughs> and that's like, amazing. Like it was amazing because we get over there and we were just like, "How did you see yeah. that?" And uh, we spent a half an hour with these guys. You just went over right by them. They're just lying down on the ground. It's really unique to see three males on their own. Normally, you see the females, and we saw some cubs too, right. which was fantastic. <laughs> I literally I took seven thousand photos from there in oh, Africa. Yeah. It's oh, ridiculous. Man. So we spent like a half an hour with these three male lions. Just, I mean, they were fifteen feet outside outside the the rover and and you know just sat there and take took photos of them and watched them yawn and yeah you know, and it was just so tranquil because it was the first thing in the morning and they were all tired and we were just chilling out with lions <laughs> and we were, i'm looking at my wife just going all right this is our life today this is pretty amazing yeah yeah any snow on kilimanjaro did you see it um did see it because we, when we flew from dar es salaam to arusha we, you know you fly right next to uh kilimanjaro all right. And I took a photo. I'll take your word plane. for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll know it. You'll know it. And uh, there's snow on top. We took a photo from the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still want to uh, climbing it is a, is a goal of mine. I want to do that trek. That that would be amazing. Yeah. I I know a ton of people go over there and do that. It's uh you know. So I know I know after Tanzania, you went to Rwanda. Yes. Now this is fascinating. Yeah. Now, people, you hear Rwanda, everybody goes, oh, my God. They associate the, the genocide, genocide and everything in 94, else. right. So it was 94, it was? It was. So this was 17 years ago, 18 years ago. Yeah. What is the effects ago, now? What are the, what's, the, what's the vibe there? Well, we, you know, we were just as fascinated to, to find out about that. It was kind of perfect to end the trip there. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, there's definitely, I'll say in general, there is still... I mean, there's just reminders of, of the genocide everywhere. And to, to, to kind of give a little um, insight on it, it, you know, about a million people were, were, were killed in the span of like 30 days yeah. in, I think, April of 94. So, I mean, it, it can't not leave an indelible mark in, in the people who are still there. You know, it, it just exists. It, it, you know, everywhere you go, there's little memorials. And we went to the uh, the the big uh, genocide memorial in Kigali, the capital city, at the end of our trip. Um, but the main reason that we went to Rwanda was to 
trek the uh the gorillas the gorillas yeah that's where the big silverback gorillas are yeah right? yeah and that was you know there's so much anticipation leading up to that trip of you know what it's going to be like when we're up there with gorillas and you know you're, you you track up to them there's no jeeps or anything like that you're climbing up into the forest now do they have walkways built into the like no, the rainforest no, no. This and stuff like that? This, there's no Disney version of this. You, you, you tough it out. <laughs> the Tree of Life is yeah. there, and yeah, yeah, uh, you, they you... sing, right? I'm assuming they sing. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you crack yourself yeah. up on that one. That's good. <laughs> they sing, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, there's what's Hakuna it be Matata. Like? Yeah, that that's that's uh, that's. I, I real I realize that that's Swahili. Yeah. I didn't know that, and that uh, and Simba actually means lion. I didn't know that until I got there either um, to to Tanzania. But anyway, so how far out of the capital do you got to go to see the gorilla? We drove three hours the night that we arrived um, up up to this uh, place where um, where they do this at the uh, I think it's called the Vulcans National Reserve Volcanoes National Reserve, and um, and so. You know, we, 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 we get up there that night and, you know, we spend the night and the next morning we meet early and uh, they're only – they only take like eight people per group and uh, to go see one of these, you know, gorilla families. And in the families there's, you know, somewhere between 12 and 20 gorillas. Is that any bigger group would scare them? Is that why? I, th- I think they just – yeah, they don't want to – they don't want to overwhelm and them. And they'll be outnumbered. They don't want to outnumber them, and they and they don't want to do it too often. You can only spend an hour a day with the gorillas, and only you know eight people and the trackers go up to see the gorillas per day. And um, and there, I think there's like somewhere like f- between fifteen and twenty families. There's only four hundred some odd mountain gorillas left in the wild. Wow, which is that's horrible. It is horrible. Um, but the good thing now is that the conservation going on in Rwanda and, and I know in Uganda as well is very active about you know taking care of these and I know a lot of the trackers now are former poachers and um, it, it's a big part of you know the livelihood it's expensive to do it too well you know you can, they got to make money off it they do. to to convince these poachers that it that gorilla's worth more alive than dead that's exactly that's right basically it's just a numbers game and they'll have like porters you know in the small town that'll like carry your backpack and it's we didn't need the help but they encouraged us to do it, to let them do it, just to give them, you know, it was like, give them like 10, 20 bucks or something like that to carry your bag. Um, so that there's sort of an incentive not to, to poach. Right. So, you know, we meet at the bottom there and, uh, there's, uh, about 15 to 20 gorilla families. So eight people per group, um, uh, go up to them. And so we, we start hiking up with, with our group. And, um, you know, there's just this fantastic excitement and anticipation. We did it for two days. And the first day we're going up and, and uh, we get into the to the dense forest and we're climbing up in there and we're negotiating our way through bamboo and mud and the whole deal. And it's super exciting. And I've got my crazy big camera <laughs> in, in a little camera pack and and uh, we're doing it. And it was just so exciting. It's so thrilling to get up there. And when we finally get up there after you know months of anticipation and you finally see a mountain gorilla in the wild i i've just got to tell you it was so profound and just so amazing when they see you and there's a a recognition and and an 
and an interaction like, oh, there you are, and I'm thinking the same thing. And, and you know, it was just remarkable. So we spent an hour with them, and the first day they were kind of moving around a bit, and so we'd, trackers would kind of take us over to kind of see a good vantage point. How close are we talking? Do you, can you get to them? Well, they, they, they tell you to stay about 30 feet away. But th- those are our rules. But, of course, the gorillas don't have rules. And the second day was the most profound because, uh, you know, the trackers had kind of – we we located the gorillas and the, the trackers were kind of taking part of the group over. And I had stayed back to take some photos of a, of a couple of the other guys. And <clears throat> there was – you know, and so they're up ahead. And so I, I've got my wife's with me and these two other girls from New York are behind her and we're kind of <laughs> weaving through the uh, bamboo and up comes about this three-year-old juvenile gorilla. He's like, you know, two feet tall, two and a half feet tall, little guy. And he's just looking at me right in the eye. And he just looks pissed, right? <laughs> he, he's, he's, and I'm like, okay, all right. Kind of gently put the camera down to my side. And he just comes right up to me. I mean, right up to me, right, right by my feet. And he picks up a stick. And the whole time he's just looking at me right in the eye. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like... All right, so I kind of I put I've got my camera in my right hand and I've, my left hand's covering the old family jewels. Right. So I don't know what this. I don't want. I don't want to bring that story back to America. By all means, protect the jewels. <laughs> and so, how big of a gorilla are we talking? Yeah, about? he's like two and a half feet tall, two oh, feet tall. Small, small he's a little one. guy, but I mean, but they're super strong. They're super strong. Yeah, I, I don't want to get my ass kicked by a two foot gorilla. <laughs> you know. So although, gonna, plus I've got my my wife behind me. Yeah. Although what? Although <laughs> to, to watch that. Hilarious. Yeah, that, okay, that would be on. good. <laughs> <laughs> that is a YouTube sensation waiting to happen. So it was amazing because, he, you know, he was just curious. And he, you know, as, as an adolescent, wanted to sort of assert his own authority and kind of check me out and let me know that, you know, I'm on his turf. <laughs> right. So he picks up the stick and ultimately doesn't do anything. But at the end of this, like, minute that he's there in front of us um, – he just kind of pats me on the leg and then like cruises away. Like, oh, he was that close. He, he was could that just pat close. you on the leg. He hit me on the leg and was like, "You're good," and kind of just cruises away. It was amazing, <laughs> and it was kind of like that was awesome. My wife and the girls were like, "He just touched you. That was so cool," and it really was. That, that's what stands up. And then we went to this clearing where the silverback is just kind of pulling, you know, leaves and things from the tree, and they are. Very big. They're enormous. They're yeah. enormous. I mean, they, you know, they're 400 pounds of just muscle and mean looking dudes. <laughs> yeah. And um, they definitely let you know that you're in their territory because, as you know, he's, he's, start, he's pulling, you know, these, these leaves down from the tree and he's, and he's not giving us much attention. But then all of a sudden, when he does, you know, because he was still and so it was like a nice opportunity to get photos. And so, we're all kind of crowding around about, you know, 20 feet away from him, just taking photos and being quiet. Saying, it's so cool. It's amazing. And then he just looks at us, right? And all of a sudden he just gets up and he starts running towards us like ooh, 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 with his big oh shoulders God. and he gets up really close. And that was really – and we're like, oh, you know. <laughs> we turn sideways and kind of cower and they just tell us to submit a little bit. And there's, there's no thing about looking at him in the eyes. You can do that. How do you submit? He, well, I just kind of turned sideways and made myself low. You know, I just kind of crouched okay. down, and then he just went back to doing what he was doing. He just walked back and grabbed the leaves off the tree and went back to eating. But how, he just how close did he get? 
probably about five feet away. Oh, my God. I mean, he came right up. It was like, holy shit, you know? A silverback gorilla was a five feet away from you? gorilla is running right up towards, you know, all of us just to assert himself, you know? Let him know. Let us know. <laughs> oh, you know, man. you're in my territory. This is my family. You know, and what's interesting, they, he has like six women, you know? Damn right he does. Yeah, damn right. And he has, <laughs> you know, all, all of these kids with them and – one one of uh, his wives mm-hmm. okay. mates, <laughs> had, mates. had yeah there we go there we go she, <laughs> there was no ceremony <laughs> uh, she had twins and that oh. and that's as rare oh. twin babies right and they were about f- just a few months old and they uh, it's as rare you know for gorillas to have twins as, as it mm-hmm. is for us. And it was remarkable, though, because, you know, she's holding both of them in her arms and they're like heads flipping over upside down and they're like checking us out. And, you know, we got some good pictures of that. And it was just so remarkable. These guys are so little and just so cute. And, <laughs> and like the other babies are like climbing around in the in the, you know, forest above us and falling down and just playing and checking us out. I mean, it was it's not something I'll, I'll soon forget. It was a profoundly awesome has anybody ever gotten attacked on one of these things? Not to my knowledge. I don't think so. Well, I don't that's think great. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, as long as you don't mess with them, they're not going <laughs> to mess with you. And, they, you know, they know that we're curious. They're smart. You know, they're very smart. We've already given a free shout out to uh, eHarmony. <laughs> Unsolicited, by the way. <laughs> totally. But is there a tour group or anything you can recommend for people uh, who are yes. thinking about it? Yes, I will. I appreciate you asking that. Um <laughs> Because my, my, my cousin who turned me on to um, – who, who did the Zimbabwe canoe trip turned me on to this woman named Leora Rothschild. And she has uh, a company called Rothschild Safaris and she's, she lives in Colorado now. And she, she goes back to Africa and you know she stays in all these places before she recommends them. And she was fantastic. So I kind of – you know, created my itinerary with her, Rothschild Safaris, I think, dot com. Mm-hmm. And she was fantastic. She spent a lot of time with me on the phone and she really cares. You know, she really cares that, you know, we got what we wanted and, and uh, created the itinerary. And she would come up with suggestions and I would kind of look at them online and I'd say, what if we try this place? And so she, we just created a fantastic itinerary and she spent a lot of time with me on the phone to make sure that we got it right before, you know, we booked everything. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Was was it a success in the baby making department? Apparently, it was. <laughs> Did it happen on that trip? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It actually didn't happen on the trip. It happened right after, because they said, you know, when we're taking the uh, anti-malarial medication, that you know, it's it's not a good time to conceive. Right. So you know, <laughs> right when we came back, though, when 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 we got off of that, we we were on that for a week. After we get back, you're supposed to do that, and then and then we uh, we we started. Uh, you know, she she came off the the pill, and uh, that a boy, yeah, she fired a, fired a winner <laughs> right away. Well, before we close, let's get to one of my favorite parts of traveling: the food. What do they feed you in Africa, and what were your favorites, and what did you not care for? Okay, well, it, it's interesting because when you're in Tanzania, when you're on a safari, it, it's you know, there's a lot of international kind of chefs. We got people from all over the, work, the world, you know, at visiting. these places. So, the the indigenous food you don't really get a lot of. Although we told you know Nixon that we we wanted it, you know, to get some local some, fare, some local fare. 
and he took us outside of the the sing out of out of the park over by Lake Victoria, and um, and we had some of the local fare. It was like this fish stew, and uh, this like dough that they kind of uh, dip in it and eat it. And, okay, and uh, is it like Ethiopian? It's like, it's bread, like, like spicy injera or something. Or the, it's, it's, it's it was more, spongy kind of bread. It's like a yeah. It wasn't as much spongy as it was just kind of doughy and just very very filling. Is, do you dip it? Is, a, is this no utensils yeah, they, kind of thing? Pretty much, pretty right. much. It's uh, it's like a soup, you know, a spicy broth with Ooh, with, a, good. with a with a fish in it, the whole fish. Yeah, right. And, Head and everything. Uh, the whole hey, deal. The whole deal. That. Yeah, and uh, you kind of got to <laughs> pick at it, but uh, it's spicy and good. And but other than that, we you know, there was just a whole variety of of cuisine at, at these places. And right, no sickness. You were all good. No, we made out great. Well, you were staying in nice places, too. We were staying in nice places. But uh, I just – I love being in Africa. There's a feeling there that is just – it's very primitive and very very tranquil, you know? I mean we definitely saw a a lot of poverty there. Right. But even even with that, you're not going to see – there's still just really beautiful spirits, just beautiful people there and very opening and and, uh, of their hearts and welcoming of us. You know, when we would drive through towns and have lunch there and things like that. Any times you felt unsafe or... Never. It was dangerous? Nah. Because I think that's people's fear when they go to Africa, just in the terms of, well, we're going to be there for a day and then the government's going to change and we're hostages now. I think that, I mean, (laughs) well, there's so many countries in Africa, you know, that... uh, I mean, you don't go to Sierra Leone or something like that. You know, know, we're not, we're not in the middle of an uprising when you're, I mean, Tanzania is just, it's, it's pretty mellow and, uh... Rwanda, you know, have, have, at, at this point, is is not exactly. Uh, it's you know, it's not a threat, but it's. But the the that genocide's got to still hang over the air. It you does. Know? There there is there is a bit of a cloud. You know, I, it can't be denied. I, I was talking with you know people there, and it, it's undeniable. But the Hutus and Tutsis, and the Tutsis, yeah. Uh, who runs the country? Uh, the Hutus really outnumber the Tutsis, I believe, right? Actually, I don't think so. Really? I think the Tutsis outnumbered them, but somehow they got the, you know, I don't really understand the dy- dynamic of, of, we should read more on of this. why that happened. I mean, I was even, I've spent hours <laughs> right. at the, the genocide memorial and it still doesn't seem to make sense. There's, you know, a colonialization thing that, that course, created yeah. the, the Hutu and the Tutsis. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it just, I don't know. I, I don't think it really even makes sense to them. You know, so you recommend this? Why this happened? You recommend this to anybody you but talk to? There's no about. problem, you know. Right, going right. To Rwanda now, I would love to go. I yeah, really would I love to go. Definitely recommend it. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about you know your podcast is that you're interested in traveling <laughs> and that you know the whole reason why we do this is to is to get to know people yeah. and to see the world and and to kind of connect on on levels that we wouldn't otherwise know and and the more we do that, the more I think compassion. We have an understanding for our fellow people, and you know, we, if we can kind of see into someone's heart in Africa, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't come back with this divisive mentality that I think we're experiencing in our country here. That's a good way to end. There we go. Well said, my friend. Thanks All for right. coming. It's my pleasure, Mike. It's great to see you. It was a blast. Yeah, thanks a lot.